Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Look, do you need a defense attorney? Go with the best in the business. That is Aurora Law Firm. You hear Manny Aurora on the show a couple times a month, currently representing Anna Delvey, the real one from the Inventing Anna Netflix documentary. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states and has represented many clients uh, in the celebrity field, you know, as well as professional athletes, law enforcement agents, lawyers, uh, politicians, you name it. Manny and his crew have been there and done that. And they can help you as well if you're in need of a defense attorney. As a former prosecutor, Manny Aurora understands the other side of the case. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. That's the website. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. If you have a question for Manny when he makes a stop with the BS, you can leave a message on our hotline, 404 404- 369-3825 or the show's social media and get all that information off podcastthebs.com. How about a win-win situation for you? You're about to purchase a house. You need a mortgage. Go to the best in the business. That's Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage. 561-951-0984. He's a no-nonsense guy. He'll tell it to you how it is. He'll give you the numbers and it'll make it happen. Plus, he picks up the phone when it rings. But on top of that, when you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. One prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023. 561-951-0984 or Stockton.com slash Dave-Flashner. Look, my wife sells houses for a living, and she always tells her clients that are selling their house, if you want to upgrade your property value, you got to do something with the kitchen and or the bath. And it, you don't have to be selling your house to upgrade the kitchen and bath. It's just something nice to do. And it upgrades the property value tremendously. That's why I'm telling you about UCI Kitchen and Bath, which has been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years, servicing all of Georgia, parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. It is a one-stop shop for you. You can pop into their showroom in Norcross, Georgia, and you can see their design team, meet their design team, and watch how they'll transform your kitchen and bathroom into this beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality, right? Uh, Plus all the latest trends. They've got displays there. So it might give you some good ideas. It's a one-stop shop. As I said, UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides installation, whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS. You get 10% off regular-priced countertops. So save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off Regular price countertops. UCIGranite.com. I love people. All right, all right, all right. The BS presents Let's Talk To. People are strange when you're strange. I cannot wait to see who it is. Oh, I hope it's Frank Sinatra's ghost. Oh, podcastthebs.com it's better than radio it was the oddest thing ever down in Playa del Carmen Mexico this was last time we were down there I don't know all over long ago a couple months we're walking down the street and I'd just seen the article that Jeff Lowe had moved you know from Tiger King had moved to Playa del Carmen Mexico of course that's where Nate lives I said to Nate, I go, have you ever seen Jeff walk around? Have you ever seen Lauren walk around? Have you ever seen uh, their beautiful little baby walk, well, get carted around? <laughs> and he goes, no. 
The next thing we know, there they are walking right by us, the entire family. Like, what do you do when the Lowe's walk by you in Playa del Carmen, Mexico? You stop them and you say hello and you make friends and you take pictures. And that's what we did. And now we're back and forth on text and I'm part of the Lowe family. I just feel very, very fortunate enough. So, Jeff Lauren, how are you all doing? Doing well. And that's a warning to be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Yeah. You were just so gracious. it It almost was like you don't realize that you're a celebrity and you know like it or not because of the success of tiger king you know the animal stuff aside with people and joe's stuff and doc and all that other stuff you still were on tiger king was bigger than just what it was on netflix because that was the first uh release during the pandemic sure was you know and you were a part of both of you you you're a part of that do you realize that at all yeah, you know, it was weird for us because we worked through the pandemic. We we were um, ultimately forced to close by the governor, but we kind of thought we were an essential business, that it was essential to keep 250 tigers well fed and, and keep the community around us safe. But the governor didn't see it that way. But, you know, we're still out there every single day doing what we did a year prior to the pandemic and 10 years prior to that. So we never really felt that um, that confinement of the of the pandemic. We were just living our lives, um, and it was um, it wasn't until we started seeing instead of two dozen cars showing up in the parking lot, we had two hundred cars, and the next day we had three hundred and a thousand. And we, we finally, the, the police came to us and they said, look, you guys got to do something because you've got cars lined up for a mile down each side of the um, of this private farm road. And, you know, then it, it kind of hit us. Um, our first trip out to Target um, right after. We just wanted to go buy diapers for the baby. Yeah, the, yeah. Baby, the baby was tiny and we went, to, um, we went to Target up in Norman, Oklahoma. And when we got out of the car, we heard people screaming, and we thought that somebody was getting beat up. And it, it, sounded, was, it sounded like a bunch of teenagers, like just being teenagers, way in the back, and we had no idea what was going on. So we went inside, doing whatever. We got the diapers, and we were literally in the baby section, looking at really cute little outfits. And we turned around, and there was thirty people hiding behind clothes racks with their phones out, taking photos of us, and we're like. I thought, shit, up? this can't be good. It's like, what's going on? And then they, they started freaking out. And we just, like, didn't know how to take it. But you and- but, but you still today, like, I, I don't think it's the same for you, Lauren, but Jeff, I don't, I, I you don't come across, you know, that's the time that we, that, that we hung out a little bit in the streets there, and we've texted back and forth. You know, you're nothing like what I think people would think you are. And, and I'm a really good judge. I think I am a judge of character. The first 60 seconds, just doing radio for so long, I usually can you know, is this guy legit or is this woman legit? You know, that kind of thing. You just seem like, I can't believe I'm famous. I really don't want to be famous. I just want to hang out with my family and make a living. That's exactly the way we are. I mean, I... We don't let it go to our heads. We're very, like, humble about it. We like to meet new people. Um, I knew real famous people, you know, and and I'm not one of them. Um, I was with the Knievels for 11 years in... You know, back in the 70s and 80s, there was no one more famous than Evil Knievel. And 
I idolized him as a kid, um, but I could never, and I, you know, somebody idolizing me for, for what I've done in my life would just be ridiculous. Um, they're just normal people. Nobody, nobody gave a damn about us on March 19th of 2020. <laughs> right. Um, March 20th. March 21st, I was getting 6,000 text messages a day. And that's no exaggeration. It's probably more than that. I couldn't delete them fast enough. And I couldn't read, you know, it was just boom, 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 boom. Then the FaceTime calls started because Netflix had let my number slip out in some legal document that they showed just, you know, briefly on, on Tiger King. And all these all these people caught it, you know, and it started hitting all these social media posts. And, and news posts and news was saying, Jeff Lowe's really answering his phone. Yeah, so I decided to start answering some of them. You know, half of them, it was split. You know, half of them said, you're a rat, you're a, you know, you belong in jail. And the other half were naked women wanting to be the nanny. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it balanced out, but... We had fun with it for a while, and I said, "I gotta get a new number. I can't. I can't continue to do this." But you know, we celebrity is really weird. It, it, the fact that a television show could make someone want to get their picture with you is just is just odd to me. But yeah. you know, we very we're very gracious. I, I appreciate everybody who comes up to us and wants your picture. We've never said no, and I bet we've taken. Uh, who knows, five, yeah. 6,000 pictures, maybe more. I, that's what's, uh, that was what's so cool. I thought about you guys is that, you know, you didn't know us from, from Adam, you know, just walked up and, 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 and I know what it's, you know, just dealing with celebrities uh, in, in the job, you know, there's a way to approach people when you want to say hi, you know, there's, there's not, you, you don't want to be the mark out too much, but, okay. but did you, I thought you, I thought y'all were, were fantastic, you know, and you're wearing a Tiger King hat right now. Um, regrets, would you do it again? You know, because of, I mean, it, 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 I guess it started out as, you know, putting, when they're putting together the thing, it started out with one message and it became a totally different message and a a, a, a totally different thing, especially after the follow-up series. Would you do it again? I think I would not help the government. (laughs) You would not help? You just would do things differently. We, We had no idea. I mean, everybody thinks that we came in there with this with this um, intention of stealing Joe Exotic to zoo. And, and no, he never owned the zoo. Well, he never owned it to begin with. There's nothing, further, there's nothing further from the truth because Laura and I had just, within two months prior to meeting Joe, we had just moved out to Colorado. And we got that big, beautiful house that was on Tiger King. And I was days away from purchasing a zoo that was two miles from this beautiful new home. My kids lived in, in Denver, so that, that was where we were going to settle down. And this hillbilly from Oklahoma, you know, calls me up and he says, I hear you're buying a zoo. Can I come out and take a look at it so I can give you some, you know, heads up on what the USDA is going to want to be changed because this was an older park that we were buying. So I flew him and Travis out there, and they spent a few days at the at the house. And on the way back to the airport to take him back, he asked to take us to a steak dinner. And we stopped and had a steak dinner with him, and that's when he pulled out all those pictures of him 
and with tubes in his nose and everything else, telling me that he was days away from dying at that almost pictures. He had contracted the CDIV, which is similar to HIV, and he had just a very short time to live. He wanted to know, he says, I know you're financially um, set, you're intelligent, would you come run my zoo? And we talked about it for a while, and eventually we went, we got on a plane, we flew into Oklahoma City, and sure enough, he had, you know, he had a nice zoo. Um, it was crammed into 16 acres, but he had 200 cats. The utilities, when we got there, utilities were were red, red tag to be shut off within hours. Two months behind. And his attorneys were going to quit representing him because he owed him $38,000. The animals hadn't eaten in days. So he was in a... In a Critical situation when we showed up. But yet he bought you a steak dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't might have picked up the tab for that. But so what, what we did is we, I went in and I said, look, I, I really had no intention of moving to Oklahoma, but I did. I asked Lauren, I said, you know, pull out our checkbook or whatever we used at that time. And I said, it was a checkbook. I still have the receipt for it. Let's see. I said, just pay his attorneys, which was 35 grand. I said, pay the utilities, let's buy some, you know, $5,000 or $6,000 worth of meat for these cats. And then it gave us a little bit of time to think about what we wanted to do. And ultimately, we went back and helped him. And, you know, and then how that turns into me stealing his zoo is just beyond me. Because what we did is we, we got it back. We got it back afloat financially. And I put it right back in his hands. Lauren and I moved to Las Vegas because Joe was just really grinding to live with. Um, not in a physical and he way. Doesn't, he doesn't like females. He hates females, so he had a problem with a with, with a, me. Well, I, I don't. I don't remember. You know, watching the show, I don't remember that story at all. Like, was it, it, it wasn't told because that's not the interesting we told story. Them. We told them about it, but it wasn't interesting to them to oh. put it in. Like the steak. If, like, if you watch Joe versus Carol, it, it was kind of a uh, Saturday Saturday Night Live take on the whole story, but the actual. Um, foundation of the story is more accurate to to the real story than Tiger King was. Did we know about Joe wanting to kill Carol? Absolutely. I mean, every day. Did I humor him? Absolutely. Because you had to kiss. Joe is like, remember those Snickers commercials where uh, uh, you're hangry? Yeah, you're hangry and and yeah. <laughs> that's what Joe was every day. So you just kiss his ass and and just dealt with him but when when he started to do things like ordering ghillie suits like the camouflage suits that look like sasquatch and he he bought a gun that he says was his, his arrow gun. gun and it it was a AR-15, ar-15 white camo and wow. then you know other things that just i just said we got to get the hell out of here before we're implicated in something we went to live in vegas um joe called and tried to get us in trouble because we had tigers in our house in Las Vegas. So we know he called Peter and gave him our address. We Ooh. got raided because you're not supposed to have we wild were, animals in the city limits. Well, why, why, was he, why was he mad at you at this time? I don't know. I, I think he, he was always trying to undercut us. And I think I think he figured if he got us in trouble in Las Vegas. He got rid of us. He got he rid of us. He, he wouldn't owe me back the you know, 70 grand or whatever it was we put into the park. 
Um, that's just who he was. Everybody had such a soft spot for Joe, but what you saw in Tiger King was 10% of his, uh, his. He always put somebody's name in the front. Like he had a um, safari bar, which was right down the road from the zoo. That safari bar, he claimed he owned. He didn't own that. That was put in Ann Patrick's name, a woman up in Boston, who now owes $30,000 in taxes to Oklahoma. And whether she knows it or not about that, but yet she's Team Joe, he puts everybody in front of him. He had um, a girl named Amber. He had her name on the alcohol license at the safari barn. And somebody underage apparently got served or served overtime, and now she got in trouble. So he always puts another person in front, and it was usually always a female because mm. he didn't care two shits about females. Do, do you think that Joe Exotic was secretly attracted to you, Jeff, why he didn't no. like the one? <laughs> No, no. That one definitely knows not Joe. I was too old for Joe. Yeah, um, that's right. He likes the kids. Attracted, Joe was attracted to our what he perceived to be my bank account um, balance. Joe, <laughs> I mean, Joe and I spoke a lot. We, we'd sit at home on his couch at night because Lauren would crash out and Travis would crash out, and Joe and I just sit and talk. And, you know, Joe was, you wouldn't know that Joe was gay by. Just hanging around with Joe. Joe was not flamboyant. He wasn't, and and Joe didn't. Joe wasn't attracted to um, obviously gay men. Joe was attracted to you know more rugged, handsome, younger guys who were not gay. Prior to meeting Joe, well, you know what they say about. Him. But twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. If if Travis. If you'd have seen Travis in the street, you would have never, ever suspected that he was. He know, would do something. That he would. And Travis came to me several times. He says, "Man, you got to get me out of here. You got to take me to Vegas and get me laid." And I said, "Travis, what are you doing here? What What is your end game?" And he says, "You think I don't have a plan?" I said, "What is your plan?" And I said, "I obviously pay all the bills here." And I said, "Your plan is to you know grow old with with Joe Exotic in Oklahoma." So. We, we never really found out what Travis's plan was, but when Joe found Dylan, which was the last one before I kicked him off of the property, Dylan was more the cheerleader. Um, he was a, he was a cheerleader. Flamboyant, um, gay guy, and Joe was miserable. Joe says, I've never been with a fat guy, and, and I just I can't stand it. He's so gay. and <laughs> He complained about him a lot, actually, and it was just like, you brought him in this situation. You were, but he was, you know, he was twenty years old. Or, you know, Dylan, I think, was twenty or nineteen. 20. Um, who, who did we, Nate, Nate? Who did we have on a couple times? Was that Dylan? That was neither of them. That was, oh God, I can't remember. It was the guy that got the, the, the new teeth. Um, John Finley. John Finley. John Finley. Yeah, John yeah. Finley. He was yeah. nice. We had, we interviewed him a couple times, and he seemed like a good guy. The way you described uh, Joe Exotic's type. I keep looking at Brandon on the show. Like Brandon would be <laughs> if Brandon were on the at the zoo working with you guys. Joe Exotic would try to bang Brandon, would he not? He'd be a target. Joe was uh, Joe. Joe got us in trouble a few times, and by oh, yeah. by going at he would hire these cameramen. He called them the, the camera his camera crew because technically they're really out of my um, employment. They were in his Joe Exotic TV world. 
So I never had the ability to. Joe told them, Joe actually told a lot of the staff to never talk to us. And we didn't find this out until we kicked Joe off the park. Um, but oh. Joe, Joe would bring these these guys on and hit on them, and they would come to me and say, "You know, you got to you got to tell this guy knock it off, or I'm gonna I'm gonna knock him out." <laughs> and I, I took Joe aside a couple of times. I said, "Look, um, sexual harassment lawsuits go both ways. It's not just male on female." Yeah. And I said, "I've I've already bailed your ass out of trouble once. I'm not going to bail you out of a sexual harassment lawsuit." And you know, he he kind of backed off these guys a little bit, but we lost two or three guys because yeah, we're actually pretty good workers. Yeah, because Joe wouldn't just, he just wouldn't leave them alone. And actually there was a Dylan before Dylan. Yeah. Actually that Dylan that's tattooed on his neck, is it spelled correctly for the Dylan that he, uh, yeah, Joe's got this big Dylan <laughs> tattooed on his neck and it yeah. was the Dylan before Dylan. Um, Travis before Travis. So there's Travis once Travis died. Apparently there was another staff member named Dylan that was a, supposed to be a very secret relationship that was coming in that worked at the park. But then Alan, but Alan, the hitman, uh, he always um, was on park very early before anybody else was to check on everything. Uh-huh. And he saw this, the other Dylan coming out of Joe's house and he was like, oh my God. So, so there was a D.Y. Dylan and a D.I. Dylan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, didn't know that either. That's exciting. Yeah. So let's. And, let, and Joe would make these guys get right that above. That's yeah. tattoo. Yeah. A banner that said "Property of Joe Exotic." So th- it's like it's a it's a thing with these 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 people, and I'm talking about Joe Exotic, and even the Doc Antlers. You know, just recently, you know, he got arrested. And they're saying for money laundering, half a million dollars. I keep seeing on here, and we're just like, wow. And everyone's like, we were the yeah, he's, and, he's, and, he's in deep, and he's in deep trouble. Yeah, um, and human trafficking. So he was trying to bring in the Mexican migrant or immigrants to, to I guess, work at his place. But when you watch the show, this guy was like a cult leader with all these women. Yeah, we never liked Doc. We had a problem with him way before we even knew Joe, actually. And we never knew Doc when we had a problem with him. Um, he just talked shit about us uh-huh. not knowing us when I lived in South Carolina. And, and he didn't like the competition down the road having cats. And, even though we were three hours away. So he, he tried to get my license um, denied for exhibition. And it didn't work. I mean, we got it, but... So I never really cared for him. And then we got out to Joe's place and found out that he and Joe were friends. Um, I just said, all right, well, I don't, your friend doesn't have to be my friend. And, and Joe actually, Doc was arrested last year for trafficking cubs. And Joe came out. After Joe got arrested, he went to PETA. PETA came into the jail and interviewed Joe for three or four hours because Joe just wanted revenge on everybody in the, in the animal industry. And he started dumping information to PETA about all of these people and all of the cubs that they bought. And, and Joe made a statement to PETA that Doc Antle kills the cubs. He, he euthanizes them, and then he incinerates them on his on-site incinerator. So that tells you, because Joe, in, in Joe left the park like June 11th, I think, of eight, of 18. Yeah. And 
a week prior, he had just gone out and visited Doc Antle. He and him and Dylan and, and Joe took him for Tiger Cubs. So, you know, that's Joe's real self, knowing that what Doc does to him once they get too big to, yeah. to take pictures with, he knows that he was just sentencing four more baby tigers to death. Wow. And, and the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was uh, Lauren and I had just come back from Vegas. All the shit hit the fan with Joe, and I told him, take his shit and get off the property, because at that point, everything was in my name. We were up to one hundred eighty or $200,000 in, in you know, debt that he owed us. So he came to me and he says, I just can't do this no more. I got to go do something else, get away for a while. And I said, good idea, go. So Lauren and I were going to see a movie and have dinner in Norman, Oklahoma. Would have taken us four or five hours typically. And we left at five o'clock out of the park. We got as far as 10 miles up the road. And I said, you know what? I really don't feel like seeing a movie. Let's just eat something quick here and go back and watch TV. So we, um, we ate and we went back to the house and, and, and all this activity was going on. Mm-hmm. Now this activity was going on out on the, cause we lived right at the zoo. We could see the lights on and, and it just, we walked out there to see what was going on. And Joe was out there with John Finley and, um, John Rinky, the guy with no legs, uh, a veterinarian from down the road and a guy who can say her name. A good, yeah, Joanne jo- Green. Green. A guy who worked at what was called um, Skulls, Unlimited. Skulls Unlimited, who used to take Joe's dead cats and he would rebuild the skeletons to sell to college. So I'm like, all right, what's going on yeah. here? And all of a sudden, John Finley comes around the corner with two dead tigers. Um, no, first it was Joe. First it was Joe that came around the corner and he, once he spotted us, his face went from like, oh, to, Oh, hey, you're back. This is early, and we're like, what's going on? I see um, a staff member of mine. She's pissed off. She's coming this way, and then all of a sudden, the way that Joe just came around, you can hear the tractor coming, and it was just like a it was a funeral parade. They had just euthanized two healthy tigers, um, uh, Ledoux, and yeah, and another cat, and then all of a sudden, he and I flipped out. We're like, "What the fuck is going on? Who? What is like? Like, who are these people?" And then that's when he says, "Well, I'm just uh, Joe's like, I'm just lightening your load," and we lost it. We just flipped out at him, and we're like, "Who's next?" And he said, "Pin and Teller, two other cats." And he said, "You." We said, "You put a needle in those cats right now, and it's going to go in you." Well, I bet I bet you you two are, are are smart. I bet you you have footage, audio recordings that could destroy everybody on that show if there ever were to I'm come a time. Everybody, but it, it certainly would destroy Joe more than the that was led on. What is, I mean, it's like I know so much about Joe. Joe didn't kill five tiger cubs. Joe killed over a hundred cubs. He ran over two with a lawnmower and shot them off. The we didn't even know that. You know, nope. he um, he the horse that they claimed in Tiger King that he that he shot in the head after the people left. That's bad enough, but that's not the truth. What Joe did is he took that horse and he put it in with ten tigers. Alive. Uh, ten, that horse was alive, and he just wanted to see what would happen. 
And the Tigers are not proficient killers when they're raised in captivity. They had no idea what to do, so they just started biting it. And that they horse... Here. We're not there for that. That horse went through, from what we hear, that horse went through an hour of just torturous agony before Joe finally went and got a rifle and shot it. And, you know, that's just the kind of guy he was. He's just... We've got... We've got so much information that would lead to another 100 charges, but at what point do you just stop piling it on, you know, because then we just sound bitter. We've already been accused of, you know, you stood there and let him do this shit, and you, you know, and it's not true. I mean, we didn't support any of it. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys, self, it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation. Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. Georgia really hates people cutting down other people's trees. If you cut down someone else's tree, whether you realize it or not, you're going to owe them three times the value of that tree and all of their attorney's fees and costs. And trust me, those can get expensive real quick. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. In the market to build a mountain home or cabin in western North Carolina, Mac Development Group. These are the people that you need to call. These are the people you need to talk to. MacDevelopment.com is the website currently booking for full-time builds, and they're looking for you to get on the schedule today, providing a premium product in the Western Carolina market, and they are the premium builder in the area. Putting everything together in this amazing 3D software, the process is easy, and it's a one-stop shop with Mac Development Group. MacDevelopment.com. Rockland Contracting, better known, established in 2009, and I got a message from owner David Hawks. He wants to thank you two percenters, the listeners of the Bailey Show podcast, for taking his company to the next level. With that being said, if you're looking for deck design in which he specializes in or new HVAC installation, basement remodel, interior, exterior painting, he's booked up for the summer months. So right now, he's taking bookings for the fall. RocklandContractingLLC.com, 678-879-3867. 678-879-3867. Also, seeking experienced deck builders. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. And back to you, Jason. Well, you you have uh, all the federal civil charges against you dropped. You know you're you're in the clear. Now, I watch enough Law and Order SVU to know that if there's somebody involved in something that's bigger than them, and they can provide enough information to help the government take down said problem, which would be Joe Exotic in this case, then you guys would be the 
cooperative party. Going back to what I was saying, you're too smart to let something slip through the cracks. So that stuff you're talking about with the horse and the tigers, one would assume you have footage of that that you keep either you'll release a little to the people that need it and you'll keep a little in case something down the road happens. Would I be pretty accurate on that? Pretty accurate. I mean, we record, I learned very early in in life to record um, significant events and just to protect yourselves and traveling in the entertainment industry and and seeing how people would do things and then deny that they did them. Um, I was always a believer that you, you record. And as soon as phones had that recording option, it was, yeah. it was amazing. But, that, but that's not why the charges like got dropped on us. So they got dropped because they had no proof of anything. So they made a bullshit. See, if they, if they really wanted to, and if any of it was real, we would have already gone down. So the reason why they made a bullshit charges was because they were involved with PETA, the animal activist group, to have all of our animals taken away and to make sure that we never opened. And because Tiger King made the government look like complete idiots. Yeah. Well, they, they, they accused us of, of neglecting our animals, not getting proper veterinary care. None of that, that was the most offensive part because none of that was could true. have been any further from the truth. We had the healthiest, biggest, hugest, most beautiful cats. And everybody who came down in there would tell you, we used to let people come down into university um, veterinarians who just would sign off on everything and and tell us how nice our cats were. They were actually, some of them were too heavy. They weren't malnourished. They were probably too big. But, you know, they were saying fed them rancid meat bullshit. We were cutting up 20 cows a day. 20 full-size 2,000-pound cows every single day and feeding these guys fresh beef every single day. We had the best veterinary care. But when Carol Baskin and and PETA started attacking the judge with attorneys, saying, you've got to stop this, you know, animals are being tortured, animals are being neglected, the judge put an order in to go seize the animals and let's figure this out in court. Well, we got raided by 47 um, federal Fish and Wildlife agents with machine guns and night vision goggles. They stayed the night on our park. Probably 20 vehicles came down and down our drive and blocked our roads off. Wouldn't give us any explanation. Told us we had to stay in our house. We couldn't come out while they took our property. Well, you know, obviously we called our attorney, got him on the phone, and he's looking, he's trying to find the paperwork that would have had to been filed. And he says, Jeff, he says, don't say a word. He says, this is a sealed warrant. He says, so this is criminal. This isn't anything civil. He says, don't say a word to them. So it's like, all right, well, what the hell have we done? We ultimately, you know, going back and forth with, we didn't even really go back and forth. It wasn't a negotiation. All of a sudden we get a, um, a proffer that the government is dismissing all charges. And just as long as I agree not to exhibit animals in, in the United States. I had already I had already said I don't want to exhibit animals in the United States because of the hypocrisy of the USDA. Letting Joe, they let Joe sell tiger cubs for 25 years. They knew what he was doing. They knew the inventories were wrong. They knew that Joe had cubs every single day of the year to, for cub petting. Where did they think these cubs were going? They stood by and they let that happen, and Tiger King kind of exposed that. Tiger King showed that the Federal Fish and Wildlife was letting him 
transfer um, animals back and forth across state lines with, with no um, consequence. He was he was selling cubs to anybody who had eighteen hundred dollars to buy a tiger cub, and they just they just kind of turned a blind eye to it. But Tiger King exposed that to sixty four million households in in one day, and now all of a sudden the USDA says, "All right, we got to do damage control." And they got the Department of Justice involved. It just became a big shit show. But ultimately, they said, we're dropping all the charges. Um, they didn't, even the even the, the fines that they were trying to impose on us, said, we're waiving all the fines. And I said, well, that just shows you that they, they jumped a gun. They came and took our property and and then drop all the charges. Here's, here's uh, something. Well, here's something that, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that when animals are transported across state lines, there has to be a health certificate. Well, they're claiming that all of our animals were so, like, bad, poor health. Well, then, if they're in such bad, poor health, then they're not allowed to cross state lines. These animals crossed every single state line once the government took took them. So that shows that they were in great, perfect health. And I actually have a video while we were getting raided, um, that they overdosed one of our tigers, and they really? wouldn't even let me out of the house to see which one that they killed. Yeah, so, they, we, we knew that they killed the yeah. tiger because we could see them out there working on it. They were so, giving him chest compressions and everything. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good, the producer of Tiger Good. A lot, of, a lot of these issues, a lot of these issues started when Carol Baskin got involved, and you know, Joe, yeah. So and Joe Exotic was going after him, and we all see the videos and the gun and all that stuff. So she was really the thorn in your all side to 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 get the ball rolling for just what would become a shit show, as you guys said. Um, going back to what I was saying before about y'all being smart and having something on somebody, there's probably more to the Carol Baskin story than we all realize, even though the second top part of Tiger King that was released on Netflix was really Carol Baskin related. Um, there was more pushing towards her because Joe, I guess, yeah, he was already in jail. But where does the relationship with you and Carol, we all know her and Joe, it's like Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, at least in the first couple Star Wars, right? You know, so where is the relationship with you and Carol Baskin? You know what, we live, we get up every day and do what we do just to be a thorn on Carol's side. Um, that was part of our move to, to Mexico was because she had attempted to come down here and intimidate a, a guy who has a bunch of tigers south of Mexico City. And he, he flat out told her, he says, if you even step on my property, he says, You're not leaving. He says, you won't leave. You know, and she, um, so when we came down here, and I said, I'm going to open up the biggest tiger facility that the world's ever seen. And and Peter comes out and says, if Jeff Lowe thinks he can run from us, and, you know, well, she doesn't know that we have the support of the Mexican government down here. And it's, um, it's they want they want sanctuaries down here. You know, there's there's wild jaguars. Jaguars are getting hit by vehicles. And we found we found a way and a need to actually be here and do something we enjoy and still love. So Are you- Carol is, um, Carol's a wicked, evil bitch. She's always been a, a wicked, evil bitch. And, and you know what? That was, I totally understand Joe's animosity and Joe's desire to, to have killed Carol Baskin. Um, 
And quite honestly, I wish Joe would have been successful. He's spending 20 years in jail. He probably would have gotten the same, got the same, the same sentence if he'd have killed him. Wow. Uh, it would have been not only better for us, it would have been better for every private facility in, in the United States. And she, she wants to be, her ultimate goal is to be the only one with captive tigers outside of an AZA accredited zoo, like the Dallas Zoo or so, you know, and she's one by one, she's getting there. The only, the only people, the people, when they seized our cats, they seized 170 cats or whatever it was, and they sent them to, it's called the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, which is Carol Baskin's country All club. Of Carol Baskin's friends of got accredited, Of accredited zoos. That's where our cats went, is to four facilities that she's, you know, closely affiliated with. So, so what's up with the the husband of the Carol of Carol Baskin? Not the one that was allegedly killed, but this 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 guy, this uh, this lawyer. You know, I look. At, we've we've interviewed Carol before. Um, it was bad quality audio, so I don't think we ever aired it. If memory serves, but she was but she was pleasant. Again, going to being a decent judge of character, she has that master manipulator. Uh, traits inside of her. There's no doubt about it. And you go, okay, is it because she's this kind of moo-moo grandma-wearing lady that she gets the pass from the public that think that she's not doing anything wrong? You, you're dressing in black. You got the bandana. Joe Exotics, the flamboyant gay guy that likes to shoot. You know, so is it like the social profile that puts you guys in your certain characters Carol Bask, this this guy that's married to her, you know, you always look at a couple and you go, How, do they have a good sexual relationship? That one. Do you want to think about that? <laughs> do you want to think about Carol Baskin having sex? That that one boggles my mind. It's like there's no way they have a good sexual relationship. So what's the relationship? It's got to be a business type of relationship between. I think the it two. is. You know, she's got a lot of um, rental properties around big cat rescue in Tampa. And Joe always made the accusation that she was like Doc Annell. Um, she was laundering and pilfering money from her charity, uh, her charities to buy rental homes. And that she was actually even renting one of those homes to her USDA inspector who was giving her perfect inspections, keeping her out of the, out of the crosshairs of the USDA. So, you know, it's um, Carol is Carol is what Carol's street smart, and she's. I don't want to say she's well spoken because Carol is really an uneducated woman who she went from being a prostitute, which is in her diary. Um, that's when she met Don, her, her first husband. To no, 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 Don's her second to, husband. Yeah, her second her husband, husband Don. Missing too. Um, then they. Um, then she kind of abandoned her 12-year-old daughter because Don didn't want her in the house. So Carol stuck her in a, in a mobile home or a camper in the backyard to live. So Carol can Carol can 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 dismiss. She's, they always talk about separating tiger cubs from their mothers. Yet Carol rejected her own daughter, her flesh and blood daughter, made her live in a in a small little camper in the backyard because. Her husband, Don, didn't want a child in the house. So she's just, you know, she's one of these women who has, she's she's conned a lot of people into believing that she's this saint. And she imports more tigers from other countries and then runs these fundraisers. She's, she's come out and she say, there's too many tigers in America. We have a tiger problem in America. But then she'll 
she'll bring in 12 tigers from a Peruvian circus, raising a million dollars in donations, and then just uh, so happens, some of yeah, them just, just so happens within, within months, these tigers all get sick, and they're, she had to put them down. They had to be euthanized. So she even gave one tiger named Hoover a sex change because he was he just seemed sexually frustrated. So <clears throat> this 18-year-old tiger that was brought in here from, I think, Peru, she flew him into the Miami airport and had these big banners up, and she collected, from what we could tell, she collected you know a little over $200,000 for his care. And then... Hoover started having all these medical issues. He had five surgeries before she finally put him down. One of those was a sex change. So she's just crazy. I just, you know, there's no words to to express what people, Joe and Carol and, and Doc, I hope that we don't get, I know that we do get mixed into the fold with people assuming that we're all crazy, but <laughs> I was never crazy. I was, you know, always hardworking. I worked all my life. And he did marry me. Yeah, that was the craziest thing ever. But so, wh- why did why did why did Alan the hitman turn on you? Because he his, his, did, uh, his original statement was different. He retracted it, right? He went back and retracted it. I don't know what Alan. See, Alan has not had a sober. I, I knew Alan probably five or six years before we went to Oklahoma. Alan worked for me. Alan's brother worked for me. And um, Alan's brother contracted her. He got brain cancer. I took care of him, um, paid his medical bills, paid for his funeral. And then his brother, Alan, came to me and says, you know, thank you for taking care of my brother and paying his rent and everything. So I hired Alan. And Alan had an alcohol problem since from day one. We were filming a television show, a reality TV show about our business there. And he was showing up drunk. We tolerated him. We tried our best to get Alan help. Well, Alan straightened up for a while. He he quit and he went to doing whatever he was doing. And then when when he found out I was in Oklahoma at a zoo, he wanted he wanted a job. And we flew him out there. Trouble you know, and trouble ensued almost immediately. He and Joe didn't get along. Lauren and I were moving to Las Vegas. Joe thought I brought him in as a spy to keep an eye on him. Because Alan was very, very loyal to me um, because we had taken care of his brother. But Alan got offended one night when we were moving the animals. Um, and he was dropped. It was three, 3 in the morning. We had a vet in there. We were tranquilizing animals to get them put into um, carriers to move them off the park. And Alan showed up, hammered ass drunk, was falling over the railings, and I told him, in not so many you know, words, go back home. You know, I can't believe you'd show up here drunk on this on this important night. Alan, Alan came back with a gun and um, with a shotgun and wanted me. Wanted, he was trying to call me out, and I said, "Well, you know, he's hammered drunk when he's trying to call me out because he never said a foul word to me ever." Well. Eric, Eric Cowie. You remember Eric Cowie, the guy with uh, mm-hmm. the long blonde hair? Yeah, he's dead now, right? Yeah. yeah. Eric Cowie had a gun, and he pulled it on Alan and shot it at his feet. 
And he said, you take one more step. One more step. He says, okay. And remember, our vets there, our vets' grandchildren yeah, were there. It was like, bad. Everybody's there helping. It was really bad. It was and bad. So we fired Alan. I said, get off. I don't ever want to see your face again. And so that's why he turned on us. He didn't really turn on us. What he did, because because the story that Alan tells about wanting to run barbed wire across the wherever, right. trees. To decapitate her, yeah. That's true. That is absolutely true. Um, he... We used to have this ball of barbed wire in the barn, and Alan several times says, you know, if I strung up, he wanted to kill Joe just as bad as Joe wanted to kill Carol because Joe just treated him like a like dirt. Well, so treated everyone horribly. Yeah, so Alan says, I'm going to string this up. Whatever, Alan. I, I, I believed him just as much as I believed Joe was going to kill Carol. So um, once Alan – and Alan was offended, too, that we were recording Alan. Um, to he thought that that was a betrayal of our friendship. That when when Alan was in in back in South Carolina, the feds wanted to talk to him because Joe had tried to hire him as a hitman. So while the feds were in our in our house, I called Alan and I said, "You got to come back." I said, "You can't you can't hide. They'll come to South Carolina and get you. You need to come here and tell them the truth. Tell them everything that happened." And. We people did. never knew. People never knew about that. People, you know, the, did you guys ever see the recordings that Lauren made um, when I was confronting Joe in the office and yelling at him about selling cubs and falsifying stealing. documents and stealing money? And why wasn't I aware of any of this? You know, Tiger King had that footage that would have completely exonerated us from anything, anything. And I said, now you want to go kill Carol? And and he sat there and he just took it and he admitted it. And they never used that footage. But that footage that we gave to the feds, and I think that's what made the feds say, okay, well, obviously Jeff and Lauren had nothing to do with this other than just being kind of cursory or or, or just, you know, victims in the, in the path of a shrapnel. Um, we, left, we left there to get away from Jeff because we just didn't want any trouble. And he... he um, he, he basically admitted to everything on this. In, the footage is still up on YouTube, I think, but it's probably 40 minutes of me just ready to kick his ass. Um, and he went back to our cabin, and we pulled out all the documents showing how much money he'd embezzled and, and stolen and forged. This, this he forged was, my name 50 times and $75,000 worth of cash checks. This was the confrontation in the office, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, Punched so. a file cabinet. Punched yeah. file cabinet. Broke my hand on a file cabinet. Yeah. Joe didn't even know we were back from Vegas. Like, we, um, the day we got back from Vegas, we came back quietly, and we went straight to the bank, and we asked for all the records because Joe locked us out online. He locked us out from the online bank accounts. So we sat in the cabin for two days, him not knowing we were there, and I calculated everything. And... But what, 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 <laughs> the way we knew that there was trouble ensuing is when we came back from Vegas. Well, James Garrison, the reason we came back from Vegas is James Garrison called me up and said, man, Joe's talking mad shit about Lauren, calling her the C word. And because we had a bunch of packages coming in, we had just announced um, that we were getting married. And Lauren had put up a, a bridal registry and all these gifts were coming back to the park because we didn't know where, where to ship them in Vegas. And Joe assumed Lauren was just spending all this money and ordering all kinds of stuff. 
So he, he tells Garrett Lawrence bankrupting this zoo and talking mad shit about her. So I said, all right, well, there shouldn't be any bankrupting of the zoo because the zoo is making really good money. And I said, we're going to go back and find out what's going on. And we went back, like she said, we snuck into town. When we got into the bank, because Joe's name was not on, he was not a signer on the account. We left him a stamp, a rubber stamp with my signature to do payroll. But when we got to the bank, she asked me, she says, what's going on out there? And I said, I don't know, what do you mean? She says, there's the feds are watching your bank account. And I said, that's the teller told us that. And I said, like, why the hell are the feds watching my bank account? She says, I have no idea. She says, but I know we, we got a warrant to give them access to your bank account. So great. <laughs> great. Um, so we went back and we found out, we found out that he was using it to launder money for cub sales and all kinds of stuff. So that's when we, I went to Garrett and I said, look, I, I can't do this shit anymore. You know, Carol Baskin, he, he had dealings with it previously. I said, you call that bitch and you tell her half a million bucks. She can buy me out. I'll leave. Cause she'll spend another $2 million trying to chase down her million dollar judgment. She's just that crazy. And Garrettson from uh, Applebee's picked up his phone and he called Carol Baskin, got her voice, her voicemail. So he just hung up. Two days later, federal fish and wildlife show up at James Garrettson's little junk shop in Ardmore and said, um, you know, I'm Agent Matt Bryant with federal fish and wildlife. I want to know why you called Carol Baskin's phone and hung up. And he's just like, who are you? You know, what are you, her answering service? So they had, they were watching Joe um, for wildlife violations. But that just shows how close knit of a relationship Carol had with federal agents. Yeah. So I, I never, th- it was just, I never just crazy. Th- thought so there- much of this story was not told. Yeah, no joke. I mean, we're learning a lot here. And I never realized that Tiger King was Ozark before Ozark was Ozark with all the money laundering. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Nate, do you have a question for Jeff and or Lauren? Yeah, so we touched on Carol Baskin. What do you guys think happened to Don Lewis? Do you think, and if you do think she took him out, where do you think she buried him? She did. You know, I, I, I truly think she killed him. I mean, because she had... Um, she had motive. She had motive. She had opportunity. She, she had greed. Um, and, and it's been proven that her his power of attorney and his will and everything was forged. I mean, it's, there's no question. Even the federal it authorities have come out and said that this was, it was exactly his signature on power of attorney and everything was traced from their wedding certificate. And the fact that she had given away Don's gun collection the day he disappeared, you know, hundreds and hundreds of guns, it was just too many things. She never thought there'd be a Tiger King 20 years down the road. So she, she was terrorist back then. She didn't do it alone either. This no, was- she, had, she had the help of this guy, I think, personally, named Kenny Farr. He was the one who, in Tiger King 2, kind of, um, he got caught up when he was off. He thought the camera was off, and he started saying, um, I, I, I don't know. He, he changed his story back and forth, almost like, what, what did Carol want me to say? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I definitely think Kenny Farr was involved in, I suspect everybody thinks that he was fed to the tigers. I don't think so because tigers don't eat bone, you know, and 
it, it, there would have been skulls and a human skeleton left over. I think that if she had something to do with hiding the body, it was either thrown into a lake where Don owned property um, north of Tampa, or he was, at the very same time he disappeared, she starts to redesign and remodel their tiny little brick home and turn it into a gift shop at Tiger Gate uh, Big Cat Rescue. And a new septic tank comes in and all this other so stuff. So a new septic tank comes in, loads of dirt come in. The, the feds, uh, the authorities had the receipts for all of the dirt that was brought in that she claimed was never brought in. And also her brother was part of the sheriff's department, too. So could also So I, I definitely think she, she was um, complicit in, in his death. Where he went, I don't know. I mean... It's it's a million places in a, to get rid of a body in, in Florida. Yeah, Brandon, I think wants to ask you what exactly are the characteristics that he possesses that Joe Exotic would be sexually attracted to, right? Brandon, is that what you would like to ask Jeff and Lauren? Yeah, if I ever meet him, I might have to change my nose or eyes or something. How old are you? Uh, Twenty-three. There you go. That's all it takes. Gotta get a fake ID. <laughs> all right, uh, quickly, uh, Jill. Do you have anything for them? Can I please hold a baby tiger? You can actually, because you guys uh, in Playa del Carmen on the main strip, where you can go. My wife did this with our with our daughters. Uh, the next day after meeting you, they went in and. And, and did the tiger experience and, and it was yeah they, they do really good down here the animals oh my god they're so sweet and amazing um and that's why we're really excited with the uh, building of the sanctuary between here and Tulum mm. um because those little guys are gonna go to go there and uh and right now there's a baby tiger um a baby lion two and, baby jaguars and uh orange yellow jaguar which is their natural color and then there's a black melanistic yeah so so just let just make sure we get this clear because you'd brought it up before about what uh, doc antler was doing when you know if you've watched tiger king the the cubs would come out people take pictures but when they got too old he was he was killing them euthanizing them you know which is horrible so when you go down to playa del carmen and you see that spot where you can play with the tigers when they get big they're going to go into your sanctuary correct correct they're going back to a sanctuary now um that i've never been able to inspect or check out so i won't endorse it nor will i condemn it but um i know that from here from from the point of our involvement forward they will never leave our care um they I, i just don't believe I don't like the cub photos are fine. And I think it's cool for people to be able to experience it. But philosophically, I understand the argument that, that you just can't keep doing it because you're going to end up with 300 tigers. Just like we did. We ended up with almost 300 tigers at Joe's place and it becomes economically unfeasible to, you know, you're, you're spending $10,000 a week or more in food. And at some point, if you're not diligent like we are about taking care of it, people are going to quit and, and something bad will happen to those animals. So, um, we're not going to be breeding. We're not going to be doing yeah, I, active breeding at the sanctuary. Um, we're, we just want everything to be more natural, more relaxed. Uh, they're going to have their own cenote. So they're going to have their own natural pool for them to go in. Um, they're 
they're going to have like a huge yard and playground to grow up in. So we're really excited about it. And it's going to be, of course, more in a natural habitat for them. Never again do I want 270 tigers. You just don't sleep. You don't sleep at night. When when you think about there's 270 tigers, the... So you, your probability of something bad happening is increased every time you you add a tiger to your collection, and you never get sleep. You're never. It's like having a Ferrari and you take it to the grocery store. You never want to get out of the parking because you're afraid somebody's going to ding it. The same thing with a tiger. You're afraid to leave because as soon as you leave to go get something to eat, you get a call that either this one's dead or this one attacked somebody. Or, you know, it, it is always just constant, constant fear. And Joe said. Joe used to tell people on his tour, he says, I've, I built this prison and, and, you know, I can't leave it. And there's a lot of truth to that. You know, he, um, he, his collection, his hoarding was just so bad that he, he built himself a plan that was just destined for failure because before Tiger King, he wasn't getting the customers that, that he got, that we got after Tiger King. And you just couldn't, you just can't afford to feed and care for that many Big, huge, five hundred pound carnivores. Problem, yeah. so. well, when's the? Uh, we'll leave it with this, and then I'll let y'all go. But when's the open date for the sanctuary in Playa del Carmen? You know, probably sometime in thirty third. I, it's everything as you know from being here is uh, someone else's watch, um, and we're learning that the island time isn't particularly what our. But we're planning at least a year. I think it's going to take a year. I mean, it's in the middle of the Mayan jungle, and it is thick, thick, thick jungle. It's having to be excavated first, and then we have to bring in the infrastructure for utilities and water. So it's going to take us a good year, um, if if not more. But we're going to start small. We're going to open up a, a first the first five or ten acres um, as, as quickly as we can. And then slowly develop the rest of the property. It's three hundred acres. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a TV deal? Or are you already filming? Well, we're filming for several projects. Um, we just met. <clears throat> we just met with people the other day about a movie, actually a Hollywood movie. Wow. Um, they came here from Canada and great, a huge producer. You would know his name, but I can't say it. Um, and yes. Um, the short answer is yes. yes. Of course, we're still doing our our own little recording here and there because they can't always be with us. Um, and it, it's it's difficult. It's difficult doing a lot in the jungle and having a crew kind of following you around. So you got to do your own filming at the same time. And it's so damn hot here right now. It's it, it's, it's almost it's horribly humid. <laughs> yeah, it feels like temperatures 100 degrees and humidity. See, I don't know how these poor guys go out there and and work in that jungle all day long. I won't do it. I'm too old. See, Nate, now to get some publicity for your beer chugs in Harmony is you got to go with Jeff and Lauren and to, to wherever they're filming and, and chug your beer of whatever brand it is uh, with, with those two and some tigers. That's what you do. Yeah. I did, I did one in front of Carol Baskin's place. I can't remember. Oh, is it the Liger King? <laughs> That's yeah, great. That's what yeah, I was going to say. I think it was the Liger King anything one. Anything if we could get you a can of Liger King's Yeah, there you go. We got to send them a label or something. It's All right. amazing. Uh, That's great. Uh, well, you guys are neighbors. I mean, you like live like, I mean, can't live too far from each other if you're walking up and down that street every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, Actually, right out there windows, Fifth Avenue. And it's, it's kind of dead today. It's just so damn hot. It's just dying oh, off. Nice. I, I work, or I live on uh, 5th and 38th Street. 
Well, he's inviting each other. Yeah, we could have done this live. That's what you're saying, right? He he and his lovely wife Alexis and their dog Tiger Tiger would like would like to do dinner one of these days, and they'll bring Tiger. Yeah, here I'll grab Tiger. Bring Tigers. They'll bring Tiger. They'll bring Tigers. It'll be he's bringing Tiger over to see. This is Tiger the. Pug. Oh, hi, buddy. That's Tiger the Pug. Oh, yes. He starred in Men in Black 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Jeff. So- Lauren, thank you Beautiful. so much. You guys want to chat? Yeah. Well, I really appreciate all the time, guys, and, and hopefully we can have you back on. Just, uh, I just uh, like when we met, I was like, God, you're such great people, and your daughter's absolutely gorgeous and so cute, and oh. um, and you were gracious enough to hang out with us, and uh, I just was like, well, well, let's get you on the show and let's, let's talk a little bit. So, thank you so well, we much thought, for the whole story. Know, we thought we were going to get a drink out of it, but she just walked away. So. I know that is so my fault. Okay, so here's what happened. So when we met, we were texting and I, and we had like one night left or two nights left. And I was like, let's meet up for a drink. And Jeff was like, yeah, sure. So we, you know, had to get COVID tested before we went back. I don't know what it was. It wasn't COVID. And I like to get nose banged by that thing. Like I love to get COVID tested. It just clears out my sinuses. And we go and we get tested literally after the swab goes up my nose, I got sick. And, wow. and, and it, and it was like, and then I'm, you know, we're flying back the next day and I'm sneezing, you know, 20 years ago, if you were wearing a turban, people looked at you when you were flying. Now, if you sneeze, you're like an allergic terrorist. And right. so even with the mask on, you know, cause at the time I had to wear masks, I'm sneezing people. It, I was miserable. I had cold chills that night. I was in bed by eight, eight thirty. So I apologize for not having drinks. We'll be back soon. I promise you. But that right. that's what happened. I got sick. And I, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to explain all that in the text. I thought that was kind of goofy. We just met and it was like, anyway, all no right. Problem. Thank you so much guys. We'll Thank talk you to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.